In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and today we're connecting with a genius. I've been excited about this interview for so long. He's seen the internet in so many ways develop and what he's been able to do through direct response marketing, sales copy, et cetera. You are in for a real treat. So hold on to your uh, belt buckle because uh, Brian Kurtz has overseen the mailing of approximately 1.3 billion pieces of third-class mail over the past 20 years. He's been able to market and sell newsletters and books via direct response television and using email and the internet in huge numbers. Now at the height of his success, he sold over 3 million books via direct response television over a three year period. Brian's committed to educating any and all online marketers who will listen. So be prepared right now to please welcome Brian Kurtz to the show. Oh, thanks, Tony. I, when you read that to me, I realized that that the idea of educating reminds me of something that one of my mentors, Jay Abraham, uh, told me. Jay wrote the forward to my book. And Jay said to me, you know, those who have done it have a responsibility to teach it. And I really believe that. And so at 60 years old, 61 years old, having done all of that, it's not that big a deal to me. But what's the big deal is that now I can teach it and be a bridge that connects the fundamentals that I grew up with pre-internet and, and expose people who are online and use some of those principles to do their marketing today. So it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, man, I can't wait for this ride up Success Mountain today. But before we get going, everybody gets the same question. What is your definition of success? You know, I think it's, it, when I look at my two careers, my career at Boardroom for 34 years and my career for the last five on my own uh, in Titans Marketing, it's, it's similar in that I'm really changing lives and in different ways. So at Boardroom, the definition of success would be, you know, be able to sell our newsletters and books, not just for selling for the money, but we're selling newsletters and books that are helping people with their health, their finance, all of the things that, that make up our lives and being able to reach as many as possible, get as many subscribers as possible, as many book buyers as possible, and then have them, their lives changed, whether it's through better health, better finance, better, you know, better ways to paint their house. I mean, anything consumer oriented uh, to help them. And that was like 34 years of my life. And I always felt that while I was selling and I was doing all this marketing, that ultimately, what I was selling, I believed in so much that it made it so much more rewarding. And then the definition of success for me today is similar in that teaching, you know, in my mastermind groups, I'm teaching groups of direct response marketers to go out and 
take all these techniques that I bring into the group through speakers and what I can find and have them go forth and multiply. So instead of going direct to consumer, I go to the key business owners of some of the largest direct response companies in the world, and then they take that and they can exponentially grow that through their respective audiences. So it's really about, I guess it's success is about reach and reach for a reason, not just, you know, numbers for numbers sake, not to have the most Facebook friends, not to have the most LinkedIn contacts, but more about letting people, you know, share in this marketing. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, today, I mean, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Uh, Advertising opportunities are infinite now. When I started, you know, I'm not looking like grandpa and saying when I was a kid, but when I was, when I was younger, you know, there just weren't a lot of opportunity. You know, it was, it was direct mail, it was print, it was TV, radio, and now it's, it's exponential. And what an opportunity, you know, what an opportunity to reach. So if, if success is reach, and then now there are so many more media to reach people at all kinds of costs, all kinds of, you know, some things are expensive still, direct mail's expensive, email's not. And, you know, and everything in between. So it's, it's a phenomenal time to reach people with your message and changing lives. So that's, that's my definition of success. I love it. Let's, let's back up just a, a few. I want to kind of know if there was a moment when you were growing up where you were inspired to write. Because I know as a child, that wasn't something I enjoyed going through school. I'm like, oh, I got to write a report or not. That wasn't easy for me. Do you remember a moment where you just kind of realized, wow, I was pretty good at this stuff. It was easy to put down on paper. Yeah, it, it took me a while. I mean, in high school, I wasn't paying so much attention because it's probably too busy. Uh, well, <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not say anything about that. But, but when I got to college and I never, th- I mean, I, I thought I'd be an accountant or you know, just go some standard thing. And as I got to college, I realized that being an English major was a good thing, but not to my parents' chagrin. I mean, they were ready to pull me out of college when I was, you know, told them I was going to be an English major. And I tried to convince them that learning how to read and write is like a really good skill. But it wasn't, it, it was a tough argument to make to my parents who were very traditional, very working class, very, you know, wanting to me to get the most out of my education. But I think that's when I realized that when I was, you know, writing and I wrote for, I became the film critic for my school newspaper. I became, you know, it was funny, my, my, my thesis, my senior year for my English, it was like everybody was doing their thesis on, you know, John Milton and Chaucer. And I did mine on Nathaniel West and the movies of the 1920s. And I almost got, you know, I almost didn't even get honors because it was not accepted in a way. But I realized that I could write in a way that would be really, really helpful. And then when I got out of college and I went looking for jobs in the publishing world, I thought I'd go for a writing job. And then the job I got at Boardroom was in list management, of all things. I didn't even know what list management was. When list management sold to list brokers, I thought list brokers worked on Wall Street. And so I I started learning lists for a year. And so coming full circle on that, Marty, Marty Edelston, who who founded my company, there was a job that opened up in the editorial side when I was doing this list management for a year. And I went to Marty and I said, I'd really like that editorial job. 
And he just said to me, and you know, you're 23 years old, you know, you've, you've kind of decided you want to be a writer or some kind of editorial job. And the president of the company says, nah, you know, you have a nose for marketing and I think you should stay there. So who was I to argue, you know, I'm 23, I'm not, I don't know anything. He had all the wisdom. And that was sort of the, the, the pivot to marketing. But I always wanted to write. So even when I was doing marketing in the early days at Boardroom, I would write freelance for the editorial side and I do some stuff there. And then, you know, to today, just fast, big fast forward, you know, 40 years later, I'm writing a blog every Sunday. I, I wrote two books. I'm, you know, I am a writer, but I'm not a copywriter per se. I'm, I'm just, I like writing. And so I think the origins, so the, to answer your question, the origins happened in college. I looked like I was going to get away from it and I never really did. And I still was able to, and I think I write really good emails, like when I'm writing emails to people or I do handwritten notes. And so everything, you know, my college education of being an English major was really valuable. So I, I like that about it. No, thank you so much. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, as I'm listening to the kind of the, the history, right? 34 years of boardroom, five years at Titan Marketing, two books, you know, kind of being an English major at 23, having that kind of pivotal conversation where you're like, hey, you're good. I think you're better in marketing and how you found love for everything and kind of have pulled it together. And then who, who knows, you're still writing a blog every Sunday. Right? Yeah. That, that's to me, it's like getting inspiration and being inspired to keep doing the things that you love. Cause every, every conversation I've had with you, every conversation I've seen online or video of you sharing, standing up, giving a keynote, talking, you know, at an event, there's something magical about you and it's your smile. It's like, you love what you do. And it shows in the, in the work, oh, the you. reach that you have, the education, the movement, that everything you want to leave behind, that's really what I'm, I'm doing in my own life is shining a light for my kids to follow. And I'm trying to shine it so bright to say, hey, you can be anything that you want. And it, you know, I could only imagine having that conversation with your parents and you're like, oh, I'm going to go be an English major and what yeah, that would have yeah. looked like. And then having the conversation with your boss and what that felt like. And so one of the, one of the questions that came up is, now that you're 23, you're a boardroom, you're, you're doing life, right, for yourself, Brian. Is there something that caught your eye in an ad the very first time or the way it was written that compelled you to dissect it and say, I want to I learn more about what I was just moved and inspired by this. And this is how I can make a living? Yeah, it was, it was probably the, uh, not so much the, an ad or anything like that. It was when I started uh, selling, I was selling the boardroom lists. And what really turned me on was the fact that, you know, that in direct mail, you would, you would, you know, rent lists from list brokers. And, and my list was, was a rentable list and a very responsive list. But what, what turned me on was the fact that my list was a function of the promotion and the direct mail piece that went out. So it was the promotion in a way, but it was that my list was different than your list, even though there were similar names on them because of the way that they were sold and got onto that list. And that just really, really turned me on. In fact, when I sold our lists, when I went to go visit list brokers and, and mailers to tell them about the boardroom lists, Normally, a, a list manager would go in 
and give them a bunch of data cards, which was the, the language of the list business. And I didn't. I went in with the mailing pieces that Boardroom used, and I showed the, the philosophy of what we were doing. Like the copywriters were writing fascinations. Fascinations led to mail order junkies. Mail order junkies led to, you know, people who responded to a lot of different offers in a lot of different categories. So like peeling the onion on what a list really was and what, and, and so coming up from, from that area just was a, was a mind blowing experience because I was coming in from the audience side, not from the copy side or not from anywhere else. And that just opened up all of those worlds of, you know, why I think the list is the most important thing. You know, when I, in my book, I have a, I talk about the 40, 40, 20 rule, which was, you know, the 40%, uh, the, the, the success of a, of a direct response campaign is 40% list, 40% offer, 20% creative. It's not that the creative is half as important, but if you have great creative to the wrong list, you got no chance of any doing any business. But if you have a perfect list with mediocre creative, you'll make some money. And then when you put all of those things, that's why I made it the 41, 39, 20. So 41% was the list. Because if you get the list dialed in, that's the most important thing. Now, you can say that I'm, I'm not objective because I came out of the list business, so I was justifying my existence back then. But it's been true my entire career, that, and, and it's true in, in every, everything I do online, that the, if you get the list right, I mean, look at affiliates. I mean, you got affiliate programs that it's all about the list. Now, then you put an offer on it, then you get good copy that's geared to that audience. But you've got to have the, the interest and, the, and the, you know, the list has to be perfect. So that's, that was like the, the, the original was, the, was selling the list and how the list was compiled or, or how it ended up being that way. And then it just exploded into this whole list thing and then it goes on, you know, from, from the 40-40-20 rule or 41-39-20 rule into RFM, which is recency frequency monetary, which is not necessarily a concept for direct marketers, but it's a human behavior. And that what it is, it's recency. More recent people are more responsive than people who aren't as recent. More frequent people are more responsive and people who spend more money are more responsive. And if you put those three things together, you've got that plus 41, 39, 20, you've got like a, and, and then you put lifetime value calculations and you've got like the holy trinity of, of, you know, three things that make every campaign, you know, so much better. And, and it all stemmed from the list, in my opinion. No, you have a good list. You have a good chance of making some good money, but also getting your message out to the world. I want to read this as part of the forward from your book, Over Deliver. I rarely endorse books, let alone write forwards. Why? Well, I don't want to sound brash, but I don't want my reputation for premacy being associated with mediocre material. But writing a forward for this book is an exception I'm ecstatic to make. I'm putting the full force of my reputation and endorsement on the line for Over Deliver for my dear friend, Brian Kurtz. That's from Jay Abraham. That's pretty special. Um, it was. Jay, Jay's a special dude. Um, he, How'd you guys meet? I met him um, actually in the like mid 1980s. In in and back then, the newsletter business, which Boardroom was a newsletter, there was a bunch of 
financial newsletters. I wasn't as much a financial newsletter, but I got in with them because of the marketing side. But the newsletter publishers back then were Agora, which is actually a very large company today, um, Phillips Publishing, KCI Communications, and Jay was a guru to that business and, and a lot of other businesses. But this was early in Jay's career too. And so, you know, people were, back then in, in, in the mid, early mid 1980s, he was making $25,000 a day for consulting. So he was, and, and he, you know, I always say that you don't choose your mentors, your mentors choose you. And the way that, go, that happens is you, you help them with 100-0 with no expectation of return if it's someone you really want to be with. And hopefully they gravitate to you. If they don't, they don't. You know, you don't ask them to be a mentor. You don't ask them for anything. But when you go at it at 100-0, and Jay, I couldn't help him with too much, but I remember helping him with, you know, uh, people he was trying to meet that I knew. And I would just help him, you know, just help him because he was an amazing guy. And that was the beginning of, a, you know, basically a you know 35-year friendship that, you know, transcended everything else because I initially helped him and he helped me. I mean, he, you know, he's uh, an amazing coach, an amazing, like when I said, those who have, uh, those who've done it have a responsibility to teach it. Jay would say it's your moral responsibility to teach it. Like when I, when I do my blog on a Sunday morning and I don't go all the way in terms of, you know, hitting people on the head with something or, Going after going after the 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 concept as well as I could, he's all over me. He says you gotta you gotta like you know pound it into their head, and so he's like a conscience, and so it's really um, a, an amazing relationship, and uh, I'm I'm blessed to have him in my life, and and uh, that he wrote the forward from my book is uh, is a is a you know a blessing. Well, what I want to do, Brian, is I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back down, Success Mountain, allow you to be the Sherpa getting us down. I want to talk about your new book, Over Deliver, Build a Business for a Lifetime, Playing the Long Game in Direct Response Marketing. Got some questions from the audience as well I want to ask you. I'm excited to be here. How can people find your book? Where's the best means for getting people in front of your content material? So the best way is to go to www.overdeliverbook.com, overdeliverbook.com. And when they go to that site, they are going to be treated to an amazing resource bonus package just for buying the book. And so you have to you go there, you, you, it gives you a choice of places to buy the book. You go off and buy the book. You come back and you put the order number in and you get access to these amazing, amazing bonuses. And interestingly, why I did it this way, first of all, I had if a book called Over Deliver, I better over deliver. So uh, I had to do that. But more so, I, I, I spend a lot of time in my book, like talking about the the mentors, the people that have taught me um, marketing, the people that have have came before me, and I stand on the shoulders of giants. And so, to get a lot of those giants, uh, who are some are, some are alive and some are dead, and I put them all in this package. Like I've got, you know, a book by Dick Benson, who's not with us anymore. I've got, you know, a swipe file from Dan Kennedy, who is with us. 
newsletters from Gary Bensavenga. I have a course from Jay Abraham and, and 21 keynotes from Jay Abraham and, and like PDFs of books, you know, that are, you can't get anywhere. So, um, and, and Perry Marshall, I did a one day event with him for $2,500. I have the video of that on there. So there's just so much stuff on this site that um, I think it's, it's, it's actually, I, a lot of people said it's too much, but it's not because it's, you know, an over deliver on the book. And I do think that I, I was, I, I'll share this with you quickly, but there's a, do you see the movie Coco? Yes. Yeah. So it's a, you know, there's a, I realized that that movie was such an amazing film because it's, it's a Pixar film and it's generally a, you know, for kids, but it's not. And the, the premise of the movie is it's about Dia de Muertos. It's, it's takes place in Mexico. And the, the premise is that, you know, when people die, they're, they only really die when they're no longer remembered. And Dia de Muertos is when every year you have a big celebration for all the people that have died in your, you know, that aren't around. And it's, it's a, it, it was so compelling to me. And it was like, a, it was, it felt like it was a lot of my life because when I was in my twenties, I gravitated to 60 and 70 year olds because they had all the knowledge. They had all the wisdom, not knowledge, wisdom. And so when I'm 60 now, they're all dead. In fact, someone told me I should title my book, Too Many of My Mentors Are Dead. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not a, a, a maudlin thing in the, in the context of COCA. In the context of, you know, as long as I keep remembering them, they will live on. And then, of course, when maybe when I'm gone, someone will remember me. And it was a, you know, so that, that was a big part of, of, of doing that, that site. And it's about, you know, honoring a lot of the people in, in my book and then in the, in the resource page. So overdeliverbook.com is the absolute best way to get my book. You can get on my list. I don't do affiliate deals. I have a Sunday blog. I only sell educational materials on occasion. Um, I have the rights to Gene Schwartz's books, who's an amazing copywriter, and other things. But it's it's just a weekly blog sharing my wisdom. In fact, I one of the giveaway, one of the eleven bonuses, is the lost chapters of Over Deliver, which is everything I've written since I put the book to bed, and that is all my blog posts, and that's 170 pages. Wow! So, um, and I also have a I have a swipe file for stuff going back to 1900. I mean, it's an amazing site. So I encourage all of your listeners to go there, get the book, get the resources, and enjoy them. They're, it's an amazing package of an amazing uh, uh, resources. Well, thank you, Brian. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that. And we started the show by asking what was his definition of success and how Brian really talked about legacy, education, and moral obligation, right, to to help pass it around. And he's committed to educating any and all online marketers who will listen. And I can't wait to listen to more with Brian Kurtz right here on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. 
As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. Hey, we are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. And right before break, Brian shared just how you could get his book, Over Deliver, and some stories. And the whole time he was talking, I was thinking to myself, if I was sitting with my best friend, and he was, let's use Jay Abraham as that story, and he was shitting, you know, sitting next to him, and they, they were sharing a candy bar, and uh, Jay said, can I have a piece? And Brian said, sure, let me break it. Brian's the type of guy who would give you the bigger piece. You could just feel that kind of, it wasn't the small piece. It was like, sure. It here depends. You if it's a Twix bar, I'm not so sure. No, I'm kidding. No, there's two sides, left and right. But, yeah, but right. I, what I feel, Brian, with you and talking to you today is this obligation you feel from talking just before break. You have files and copies from the 1900s that you're just putting all together and saying, hey, buy my book, Over Deliver, and I'm going to give you so much stuff. As your friend said, it's you way over delivered, but with a title like that, you got to kind of do what it says. How you really want to help carry on, I think, the image and legacy for people to find great copy and, and to see the stories, direct response, all the ups and downs, the struggles. And then on top of it, you're like, oh, and I'm going to throw in like 170 plus blog uh, articles that I write every Sunday. And I love the fact that Jay is like, Ryan, you could do better. Like, yeah, yeah. You could dig deeper. Don't stop now. Come on. Hit him over the head with the full sledgehammer. Like, don't stop. Yeah, and um, I think the, the, the luxury I have, because I'm in a position where, you know, not that, I mean, I don't necessarily have to work, although I can't not work. But to me, my work's my play. So how can I be as playful as I can? I mean, I, look, I, I have my mastermind groups and I have my consulting and I, I sell, you know, swipe files and I sell books and all kinds of stuff. But it's not like... I'm not after, you know, the next dollar. And so it's a luxury. I mean, some people don't have that luxury, at least at this point in their life. So I, I really encourage people to get to where I am in my life. So you have to work towards it so that you can just, it's not so much give back. I mean, Dan Sullivan, said, he's the coach to entrepreneurs. He says, you know, entrepreneurs don't have to give back because they never took anything. But I'm not so sure. I mean, I, it's not give back, but I just want to give because I've, I've taken so much and I, I have to, I've not taken in a, in a grubby way, but I've taken, you know, to some degree and I've been so fulfilled. So I have to, I have to give uh, as much as I can. And it's very rewarding. I mean, I have an endorphin rush every time I send a note to somebody or I, I email somebody on my list who, just asks me a question and it's very, uh, it's very rewarding. So I was sitting prior to the conversation today in the conference room and these two girls were across the way. And so like, what do you want from me? And I'm like, I don't want anything. They're like, why would you want to help me? And I'm like, cause I was in a similar position many years ago and someone sat and helped me. And part of my obligation is um, you can't keep it right? You can't keep it. And you, when you go, you go. So why don't you help leave? Jim Rohn talks about it too. Like a little bit of you go with me today when you leave the seminar and a little bit of you go with me when I move on to the next one. And it's just about, I, I really think from reading kind of the online and a little bit about you, for me, it's all, it sounds a lot like legacy and then talked about being a film critic, then talked about just, I get the visual of you in your office of seeing some great, great films 
of later a long time ago and then there's some number 42 i can't make out who's oh, that's number uh, mariana rivera that's mariana rivera and i'm a yeah. mets fan and I'm, I'm i i'm my he's my favorite player you want to talk about somebody who left the game better than he found it yeah and he he you know the beauty of mariana rivera i mean the guy had one pitch i mean most people have you know two three four pitches he had one pitch you know it was the it was the you know the cutter and it would, you know, come in like it's going to be hit, going in the strike zone and then just dip down. And he went through his whole career with one pitch. He even said, you know, I think I threw a, a curveball once, you know. But he has this one pitch and he would teach it to anybody, like anybody who wanted to learn it. And I always wondered about that. And I think it's twofold. He, he, would, he, would, um, he would teach it to anybody because I don't think he felt any one, – one reason was I don't think he – thought anybody could do it as well as he could. But then he also thought that if they could do it as well as he could, they raised the bar. So for him to, you know, move up. So I've always admired that. And I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy used to come into the game. I, I, I found this out just recently because he's going in the Hall of Fame this year. First unanimous choice. And he used to come in to uh, enter Sandman. And when he came in um, and people would say, oh, so you must really like you know, that song and hard rock. And he goes, no, if it was up to me, I'd be coming into like Christian music, you know, but that's the way it went. And then he became friends with, it's Metallica, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, he became friends with Metallica and, and they were wishing him well for the Hall of Fame. And it was just like this amazing guy that touched so many people. So and he had a long career too. He really did. And he with was the best. Pitch. He was the best. I mean, some people say he's the best pitcher of all time. Not so sure, but he was certainly the best closer of all time meaning the last, getting the last three outs. And there's no one that's probably ever going to be as good. In the postseason, he was even better. Had a couple of hiccups, but incredible uh, stats and just an amazing and an amazing human being. You have some other posters and, and movie posters. One has your name on it. Yeah, it's a wonderful life. Someone, I, I got an award being the list leader of the year once in, in, in 2000. So someone who was making a speech got that poster and put my face on on Jimmy Stewart's face. So I always like that. It is a wonderful life. And, and talking about, you know, at 60, you don't have to work, but you choose to, you love what you do from Titan marketing, your masterminds, you know, speak, you do your keynotes, et cetera. When you're not busy being Brian, what do you enjoy being when you're just like with your wife, family, friends, like what do you love to do? Well, the one thing I love to do, which I got sidetracked this year uh, was umpiring baseball. And I, you know, I've done, I do varsity high school games and I do um, tournament little league games and I'm, I've been to three Eastern regionals and a world series and I'm hoping to go to the, the world series, which is in Williamsport someday. But I got sidetracked this year because I had a stroke in April, believe it or not. And uh, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm getting there, getting back to where I was, but I really had to take the whole summer off, which really disturb me. So that's been a little loss for me, but I'm, you know, I'm making the most of it, but that's one thing I really like to do. I love traveling with my wife, going to, you know, great places, both domestically and internationally. I like speaking abroad too. I, I find that in the United States where we're spoiled in marketing because we we're so far ahead of everybody else and that you go to a foreign country. I, I've spoken in Hungary. I've spoken in France. I've spoken in Germany, I've spoken in the Netherlands, and I go there and you have to be careful because you can come off as being 
you know, kind of know it all. They, they're expecting you to like be, you know, the guy who smartest guy in the room and that kind of thing. And, you know, I always say, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I try to get a sense of what they know and what they, what they don't know. And I try to mix it up a little bit. And it was very challenging, like in Hungary, you know, going there and, and getting them to, to respond to me was, it took a while, you know, and I had to really work at it because I can't, so I, I would say, you know, my normal, my, in my book, I say, you know, marketing isn't everything, it's the only thing. And then I have to teach them that marketing is not evil. You're talking about people who were, you know, communist until 1989. So the, the, the rise of the entrepreneur in Hungary is not, you know, it's not a groundswell, but it's just starting in a way. So that was really challenging and really great. And, and I like, you know, I like spending time with my friends and the normal stuff that people do when they're, you know, have lifelong friends and want to share time with. But, you know, I, I like making my time, you know, I have a thing in my book about creating intentional dinners and making, you know, every meal count. Every, you know, if, I, if I'm at an event, I try to bring together people that are like-minded. You did that in, in TNC, you know, at Traffic and Conversion. You assembled a dinner that was amazing, you know, and that to me is satisfying to no end. I mean, I had a great time at that dinner. So, I mean, I know we're in sync on that. And it's, it, it's just, you know, connecting people and making people around me better you know, maybe being a good point guard, you know, that, so I like to shoot. I like to shoot once in a while, but you know, I like to pass and uh, it's really good. So what I want to do, I want to ask one question came in. It says, what is the single most effective strategy right now for gaining traction that doesn't require thousands in ad spend? So before the show, I, I posed the question to you been marinating on it. And now I'm like excited for you to grill me in it. And what, what does that really look like? You know, somebody wants to put out work, but they don't have a huge budget because we yeah. all start where we start. Yeah. So the first thing I do, like when I have a consulting client or I'm working with somebody, I always say, you know, people don't realize like that. I, I say you have to assess your assets. So you, you, you own so much more than you think you do uh, when you're starting. So you say, well, I don't have a list. Well, you, you do. I mean, whether it's Facebook, whether it's an email list that's not necessarily in an email system like Infusionsoft or AWeber, but it's a, still an email list um, and that you have contacts, you have LinkedIn, you have all sorts of things. You might have content that you're not aware of. So I, I, I did this in, in, the, in my book where I talked about the different things you can assess that you already have. So that's the first thing you need to do. As far as specifically what to do without spending, you know, thousands of dollars, I mean, I wouldn't say do a direct mail campaign. <laughs> I wouldn't say, uh, but, you know, email is, is inexpensive. So how can I do email that's, that's meaningful and significant with, you know, the, the, the assets that I have? And you've got to start somewhere. I mean, going on podcasts you know, getting people, you know, onto your list. I mean, if people, you know, buy my book and I mean, I'm not hiding it. You buy my book, you get my resources, you get on my list. And, you know, those are the people you really want on your list. And then once they're on your list, even if it's a hundred people, you know, writing to them every week, 
or, or consistently without selling them anything. I always say everything that you do is a relationship event. It's not a revenue event. And so I know that the question was definitely hinting at how do I make money without spending money or, or something like that. But you have to start somewhere. And I think you have to start by delivering value. You've got to deliver value. And that can be done in a variety of ways. It can be done in email. It can be done through being interviewed in a, in a magazine or on a podcast. If you start delivering value, the world will come to you. But it, it's not an automatic. You're not going to do uh, uh, some. Uh, so that, that would be the, the, the easy answer. I think that, you know, if you wanted to, on Facebook, for instance, deliver something of value that is a special report or a, uh, a special something or other, you can do that and then follow that up with something to sell. But you can't go in for the kill right away. I mean, you know, it's like most people, I mean, I remember Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook, which was about social media, but it applies to all of our online work because online gives you the opportunity to do stuff cheap, but that doesn't mean you have to be sloppy. It doesn't mean you have to be, I mean, my, chapter three of my book is how paying postage made me a better marketer. And it made me a better marketer because everything I did in direct mail, I had to pay for with postage and printing. So if you had that same discipline in online, you would see that it takes time, but that you can get to the sale. But don't go right in. I mean, you know, people who try to, I mean, you, you'll sell something maybe if you go in on Facebook or Instagram and you can sell some stuff. But the better way to go is you know, really deliver value, always deliver value. And I know you're a big proponent of this yourself. Um, so I think, you know, you might have some other, I, I'm curious what you think the answer to that question is for you, because you have a, a really good feeling about delivering value. You hit it. And I just want to say, Elizabeth Wing, thanks for the question. It comes back to passion. I think first and foremost, if you can be somewhat passionate about it, if not, Sometimes we find our passion along the way by doing something over and over and then we realize, wow, I'm not really passionate about that anymore. That's maybe why I'm not making sales because I'm not making a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, you talked about Gary Vaynerchuk. I just posted something yesterday on Facebook about Gary Vaynerchuk and myself. I said, this, this isn't about me posing with Gary Vaynerchuk. It's about how he built something, and Elizabeth, this is great for a reference, by staying consistent. Yes. And, and staying so consistent, no one's watching, no one's downloading, no one's listening. You feel like you want to quit. That's when you stay persistent and consistent and you stay on what you believe to be is your passion. The people will follow. I mean, there's the old line in the Bible, right? Like without leadership, the people will perish. Same is true online. If you are passionate, people will begin to be passionate because you'll find like-minded people. That's like, you already have a list. You have your email, may not be in a system. You have your Facebook, you have your Instagram, your Twitter, your LinkedIn. You have a list so you can start talking to them. But the thing that I love most out of my entire conversation today, Brian, is something that has told me about how you've been consistent. You're 60, still writing a blog. You're still putting out articles. You, you said you love to travel overseas. You love to be around others and, and you, you still want to, hey, I have a consulting business and I have a mastermind, but I love helping people. 
there's something magical about that. And that comes back to passion. You're just passionate about the industry. You're passionate about education. You're pageant, passionate about sports and movies. And I think what I, what I gain and I'm going to take from this is you've over-delivered on the podcast because somewhere along your journey, you just made a decision to just over-deliver and leave the world a better place. And I just want to say yeah, thank I, you. Because I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I hope so. But, you know, I, I also, I think that there's, there's so much that we can do by just, you know, when you say consistent, I also say congruent, you know, mm -hmm. that you want to be, like, I'll, I'll give you just a quick, quick thing, but I, my list, you know, I started right from the, the, you know, started with a couple of podcasts, a couple of articles, add people, add people, add people. So I started with 100 and I went to 1,000, I went to 3,000. So I'm at like, it's not the, I don't have a big list. I have maybe 12,000 people on my list in, in, a, in a system, in Infusionsoft. And the interesting thing is that because I built the list by having people that, like, you know, I'll go on a podcast, I'll get six people sometimes added to my list. But there's six people I really want on my list because they listen to my podcast, they went to my site, they listened to something else, and then they, they opted in. And so the, the, the proof is that my open rates with that, with my list going up exponentially compared to 12 versus one, but 12,000 people, my open rates have gone up. So, you know, I know that the consistency of being in their inbox every Sunday, I have a feeling if I miss one, that someone's going to notice. And in fact, some, some people like missed it because it went into spam and they thought I didn't do one. So I think that it's, it's a, it really is important to be consistent in whatever you do. Keep plowing away. I love the way you said that, you know, that even if you have a hundred people, keep going, keep it, keep it consistent. That's fantastic advice because, you know, you can't, you can't stop. You gotta keep, keep going. Let's take your wife, for example, and, and talk about when you courted her, when you, when you dated uh, did you get married fast or was it like over a period of a couple years? It was slow for her. It was, it was three years before we got engaged and four years before we got married. Relationships just take time. Yeah. And I love the fact that I'm not here to sell you. I'm here to share with you. And if something resonates, it's congruent, it feels good. And you want to learn more, let's go check out Brian's site. We'll make sure in the show notes today, you have links to everything that he does. You can follow him. You can find other podcasts. I'm a big proponent of saying, hey, look, I'm not in the comparison game. I'm in the compassion game. I'm really here to, to, to lift people up and encourage people to take steps, get out of being comfortable because comfortable sucks in my opinion. You know, even with you sharing today about your stroke, it, you know, there's, there's things that come up in my mind of like, you look healthy, you sound healthy, you know, what can we do to, 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 to leave our legacy? I have two boys. I have a 20 year old and an 18 year old. My oh, wife wow. and I are empty nesters. We're looking at our life now saying, all right, what do we want to do? Yeah. So let me ask you at 60 years old, before we get into the fulfillment round, sports, you talked about shooting hoops, talk about baseball, you talk about movies, you talk about being with friends. What do you see like the next five to 10 years look like for you? More of the same or are you kind of starting to kind of play in like smaller arenas like with Titan, you know, your mastermind groups and just saying, hey, I want to just get my best friends together and enjoy life. Um, I, I don't look ahead five, 10 years. I mean, I, knowing that, you know, I almost, I almost died three months ago makes me realize, and I, I'm not, I didn't have a, like a come to Jesus moment. I was, you know, I, I survived and now I keep going. I, I will say that strategic coach that I'm in with Dan Sullivan, 
really teaches you as an entrepreneur to look like quarter to quarter. So I, I really like that. I mean, I think that every quarter I go to strategic coach, I go to the workshop, I define five things I want to get done in that quarter. I don't always get it done, but I, I'm focused on those. When I'm doing something that's not focused, I have it. I have the five things from this quarter right on my desk. So if I'm dealing with something like this applies because this keys into my book or this keys into my, you know, whatever I'm doing, but some things I'm doing don't key into it. So then I try to, you know, sorry, I'm not focused on my five things. So I think that quarter to quarter is a much better way. And, and that's just me. I mean, some people. No, I, I'm, I'm spot on with you. I'm a 90 day guy. And then I, I reward myself at 90 days. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to reward yourself. You've got to celebrate the wins because if you, I mean, this is what Dan talks about with the gap. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you're always looking ahead to the horizon, by the way, walk to the horizon. You're never going to get there. You know, yeah, you never get there. The sunrise, the sunset and the clouds and the rain and dance with your partner and laugh and, and, and feel yeah. good because you're chasing. And Yeah. But so, so when you, you set these goals and then when you hit them, turn around and look back as to see where you were. Otherwise, you're going to be in the gap. The gap is like where you are and the horizon. And that's a terrible place to be because you're never going to be satisfied. I'm not saying I don't get there, but I asked Dan once. I said, do you ever get in the gap? He goes, sure, about, you know, seven or eight times a day. But as soon as I get there, I recognize it and I get out of it. So you want to stay out of that gap. And then, the, you know, you, you said that stuff about passion and compassion was, was so good. And I just want to comment on that. You know, there's a section in my book when I'm talking about copywriters, and I say here, the seven things that were present in every great copywriter I ever worked with, one of them is passion. And the, the passion of what's important there is that, you know, the idea of, of going a mile deep instead of a mile wide. Eventually, you can go a mile wide. But the beauty of going a mile deep is that you become so good at that one thing, and then you can branch out. I think trying to be all things to all people is you, t- you, you talk about mastery too, right? Like yes, 10,000 hours. Like I don't even want to even ask you how many hours you've spent in front of a computer typing away, right? You've mastered yeah. something. And uh, you know, you see a lot of people today saying, oh, just go model the guru, go model the guy. I'm like, you can model until you're blue in the face, but if you can sit beside them or you can write like them, it means that you're following them. I want to know the people that I uh, have as mentors in my life. I want to know them in their good times and I want to hear them about them in their bad times because I'm going to have both of those levels, right? I'm going to have a gap in between my success comes depth. Not everybody gets the success of the top of the mountain can stay there. We talk about it on the show. You get knocked down and, and you come back through it. That's right. Even with just kind of life challenges. But Brian, what I want to do, man, I could spend all day. And what I want to do is I'll, I'll have you back as a guest another time. I want to bring you into the fulfillment round. Uh, there's no phone a friend, no lifelines. If you don't know it, guess, make it up, shoot for the stars. All right. right? Just have some fun with it. So all I need from you is I'm ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? Where do you currently reside? Uh, Westport, Connecticut. All right. As a kid, what baseball team did you look up to? 
I don't say I looked up to them, but the Mets were my favorite. And I did fortunately got at least one championship when I was 11 and one when I was, you know, in 1986. But uh, so you were there, Buckner. I goes through his go. I have a picture on my wall of the Buckner signed by Buckner and Mookie Wilson. But yeah, he recently passed too. Yes, he did. And uh, I love, and it's I a love sad how- thing because he, he was a very good player. I mean, a very good player. He, he was a, almost a 300 hitter, or maybe he was a 300 hitter. He was a good fielder. I mean, he was a really good player. They highlighted player. one thing, and literally the guy went into hiding for years. He just felt like – Yeah, he went to a, like the mountains of Montana or something. And it's sad because, you know, you get remembered for that one thing. But. And that's the other thing I want anybody listening today. You, you feel like you're on social media or Facebook and, you know, haters are a part of the game, unfortunately. They um, are. A, if you don't have them, you're probably not making a big enough difference. <laughs> there was a, a video that came out maybe six, seven years ago. Two, this kid, he put two spoons over his eyes. I got haters, but I can't see you. I'm too busy having oh, fun. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know, it just reminds I, I me. Had a, I, had a, I had a hater on my uh, um, page for my book and um, – you know, one star on my book. I, I have two one-star reviews. I like to read those first as opposed to all the five-star. And it, it, was, it was painful in a way. I mean, he, he was saying I was very repetitive in my book and especially the chapter on original source. And you know what? He was right. And, but, you know, he dismissed the whole book because of that. So that was troubling. But, you know, okay. And, and, and you got to, you got to, you know, suck it up and you got to, I mean, with, like I was just watching the, the CNN and watching Joe Biden. I mean, the beauty is, you know, you got to apologize. You're going to make mistakes. I mean, come on. No one is, is, is immune to that. You got to make those, you got to apologize. <laughs> yeah. You know, Brian, so like what I love too is like, hey, I read my one stars first because it, it builds thick rhino skin too, because this industry is ruthless. Yeah, it is. Um, but I love the the piece where you're like, hey, you know, those are like lessons that I remind myself that I've gone through and learned and I can apply and work on getting better. You didn't talk about them as losses. You talk about them as opportunities. Um, so let's go. I got more questions I could ask all day. So uh, books that you're listening to or reading right now. Um, so let me go to my audible just make, because there's a lot of them, but um, I, I read a lot of books at the same time. So I take pieces of them. So the ones I'm reading now for a second time, Deep Work, uh, Principles by Ray Dalio, Churchill, Walking with Destiny, Scientific Advertising, which I've win, I, I, I read a lot uh, in the past, Power Moves by Adam Grant, My Stroke of Insight. And um, yeah, that's about, that, that's probably the ones I'm reading right now. I like it. Um, you have a morning uh, ritual. You have something that you do kind of every day? Yeah, I try um, almost every day to, like in the five-minute journal, they have, and I have it on my phone, is I try to always uh, write down three things I'm grateful for, three things that would make today great, and then a couple of affirmations. And then at the end of the day, I don't do the, I don't do the, I don't use the five-minute journal because I don't like I want to make it more just um, real, a, a real win. So I just do, I do another thing called win streak, which is just three wins for the day. And they couldn't be really simple. I, you know, the three wins for the day is I change the toilet paper and the, you know, if it's, if it's as small as that, or, you know, I had a wonderful lunch all the way to, I got a new client or, 
you know, something like that. But, you know, every day has got wins. I remember the day my father-in-law died, I was in his room. He was, he had had a major stroke and he was in a coma and then he just passed and I was in. And then that day, I remember I could find three wins that day. And if I could find three wins that day, I mean, it was, it was, you know, what a great provider he was and what a great father he was. So that, that's important. So you can always find three wins in every day, hopefully. And um, I try to do that. Even, well, when, even the day I had my stroke. Strategic coach, Dan Sullivan, talking about what am I focused on, right? Sean Stevenson talks about it too. Like I have my when yes. life works list and I have my when life sucks list. And I'm focusing on today being positive in all things. You start your day with gratitude. You can always find something to be grateful for. If not, just take your two fingers and hold it over your heart and you'll feel your your heart beating or look up and outside and see something. I mean, those, those are just two quick ones that I can rattle off, right? right? You can walk, talk and move. Those are things that you can do. So um, Jay Abraham is calling you on the phone. I heard it just a minute ago. He says, Hey Brian, I'm near your house. I've got 30 minutes. Um, let's have a quick bite to eat. You can't go out. You got to whip up something. What would be your go-to meal? What would be something right now you could go whip up and just have a nice conversation with uh, Jay? Uh, probably like um, uh, a salad. Sardines is a little controversial, but I might do sardines in a, in a salad or I might do, um, I could whip up some eggs pretty fast. Um, I don't want to, I'm thinking I, I wouldn't want to cook. So I'd want to do something a lot faster. Yeah. Oh man. I love it. I got to say, Brian, it's always enjoyable being around you. I even remember um, at the event you were mentioning earlier about TNC, you specifically came up at the very end. You didn't sneak out. You said, hey, I need to run. Thank you very much for an enjoyable night. You sent several copies of your book. You sent a nice handwritten note. The things that you spoke about today, I see you live. Many of my friends have had the opportunity to be around you, interview you. I just saw something uh, the other day with you online and uh, Dan Cushell and you and Jay were sitting having a conversation. I know you keep great company. I want to say thank you for, for allowing myself the opportunity to interview you today, sharing with the Be Fulfilled community. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor. It's been a pleasure for me and uh, learned a lot from you too. So thank you. Well, what we'll do is we'll put everybody's show notes and even some questions maybe on the page for you to come back and circle around. I love to, to follow up with you months down the road from feedback that I receive. I love to screenshot the reviews on Facebook and, and social media and send them to you. Cause I love to know that you made an impact on me today. So I know the audience will be impacted by well, the things. You, that uh, you made an impact on me. You, it was interesting when I, I, I didn't get it. It was a big dinner, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but I knew quite a bit about you and mostly from Jeremy, but then John and a few other people and everybody was saying, you know, what a great guy you are. And I'm clearly you are, you were giving away the, you were giving away money. I mean, a guy who gives away money. Is buying people. Come on. Yeah, buying people. And so um, I, I remember I made sure I got your card and I, uh, I wanted to get you all those books and get you a nice big package of stuff. And, and then I met, uh, well, I met him before. He had done a, an interview for my uh, first book, uh, Iron Garlic. And so then I, that he was there and the people at my table, we did like a we, we did a, like what I do with my, my intentional dinners. We did a, an exercise together and everybody really enjoyed it. So it was a, it was a good, a good event. And it was for a, for a big event, it felt intimate in some way. So it was really, really special. The thing I'm leaving now, this conversation is intention. Uh, the call, conversation, yeah. intentional, the event, intentional. 
put intention if you're listening to this how how to find the way into your your life into your business and watch how your passion will come alive and you can you can follow uh brian we're going to put a link so we can find out how to get on your list so we can do the blog because I think that's something great. I'd rather have that in my inbox than 99.9% of this other stuff that's worthless. So thank you, Brian. His name is Brian Kurtz. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose in this very moment to make it the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.